Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the CHGO White Sox podcast coming to you live from Studio B of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, the full CHGO White Sox crew. That is, can I say it? Can you say what? Can you say what? Birthday boy, Vinny Dewar. <laughs> Hold on. You need the birthday boy? He's behind Oh, you. she made a graphic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who's the we dog? can't yeah. sing this certain Whose song. Whose dog is that? This is we the birthday boy here. sing this certain song. Yeah, whose dog is that? I don't know. That's also Do you the share birthday a birthday boy. with He does. It's the birthday boy right there. I think he's 36. He's older than I am. certain song. Why wouldn't uh, you be able to sing that? Copyright. Happy birthday is copyrighted? Yeah, Pretty is. sure it is. It is. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's a, the birthday boy. It's not It's not public domain like uh, Steamboat Willie at this point? I guess not. <laughs> I don't know who owns that. Um, but you can follow the birthday boy at Vinny Duber. You can read his work at allchgo.com. Uh, he's got an re- article up about uh, Nikki Lopez and what Nikki Lopez is going to be bringing to the Southsider and uh, if it fits what Chris Getz is looking for. The man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. We're being produced today by Sarah. Hi. Who is the dog? Well, I don't know. I was just throwing together graphics super quickly. <laughs> that's all right. I, t- I typed in birthday into Google and I was like, this is cute. Yeah, that's, that's all right. right. Yeah, yeah. I uh, welcome a birthday dog. Yeah. So uh, hit the thumbs up. We'll welcome those as well. Uh, we got six thumbs up so far. Hit the thumbs up for Vinny's birthday. Hit the thumbs up for the CHGO diehard mailbag. Uh, we're excited to open that up. We got four questions from our diehards and there's been good discussion over the weekend on a Dylan Cease trade in there. And we want to give a shout out to some new diehards. Uh, we got Jefferson, Matt, Joe, Colin, Mark from the Smokestaff Barbecue, and Vladimir, a huge Bears fan from Serbia. So thank you all, all right. for joining the Die Hard program. You can check that out also at allchgo.com. Vinny. Yes. How was chatting with local product Nicky Lopez? It was good. Good guy. Um, you know, uh, he is not maybe what white, a lot of White Sox fans were hoping for. You know, they were hoping for guys with big eye-popping offensive numbers, I'm sure, to make uh, a offense or an offense that struggled mightily a lot better, a lot obviously better. That's uh, not what you got, but you got uh, a guy that I think really kind of embodies the change that Chris gets and to a, to a similar extent, Pedro Grafol and everybody else in that organization trying to make this offseason, which is establish a new identity. I mean, I keep going back to what Chris had to say at the GM meetings, which was we need to establish a new identity, not because 
I'm the new guy or not because, uh, you know, they were bad last year, but because he thought that it lacked. He thought that they didn't have an identity over the last couple of years. And so to basically build that from the ground up, you're going to need guys, even if they're not going to deliver that obvious uh, statistical edge, like, you know, a, a big bat might guys who play in the way that Chris and Pedro want to see so that five years from now, that is considered the way to play for the White Sox so that 10 years from now, it's like, oh man, the White Sox have been doing things this way for so long. And now we in the present can see where it started. So um, uh, I think Nicky Lopez kind of, like I said, embodies that more than anybody with a lot of the stuff that he had to say, stuff that you guys were complaining about last year that you didn't think you saw guys given the best effort out there, that you didn't think guys were playing fundamental, that you didn't think guys cared whether or not you could actually see inside those guys' heads and hearts and learn that for fact or not. Here's a guy who comes in and says all those things that you want to hear. You remember Pedro telling everybody that they were going to be ready to kick ass? Maybe forget about kicking ass and think about what Nicky Lopez said, busting your butt and uh, seeing guys that are going to maybe give a lot more credence to what Pedro was saying that day that he wasn't obviously able to make happen in year one. Maybe it's going to be easier to see that on the field in year two, just because of all the personnel changes they've had. And when you got a guy coming in and saying these things, that's at least a good start. And, and, and so, you know, when, you know, you, you, you don't hear that necessarily from everybody. And when you have a guy on your team, if you're a fan that, you know, that you can count on is going to play the way that you'd like to see baseball played. I think that's good. Even though he might not be, in by himself or as the collective with a lot of the guys they've added this offseason guys are going to do a lot of run scoring and a lot and a lot of winning it you have to start somewhere and i think that that's probably as good a place as any if you're chris gets or pedro Grafoli, you probably that's probably exactly what you want to hear these when you bring these things up and i read the article Vinny, i read it and i say this is trying to be the equivalent and maybe not is it can't be an apples apples uh comparison to what the Detroit Lions did with Dan Campbell, bringing in a difference maker, a person that has a different philosophy. I remember all of us dunking on him when he was talking about biting kneecaps and having a different mindset going into those football games. Three years later, they're playing for the NFC Championship, whatever you think about what he did yesterday, whatever. But if the White Sox in two or three years are playing for the AL Championship, which, you know, would be that's far-fetched, but who would think the uh, Lions, who hadn't won a playoff game since 1991, would be doing so well this year? Sometimes it, all it takes is having people who are positive about the outcome or about the outlook is on the team and having that faith in what the team is doing. It seems like Nicky Lopez is a hundred percent bought in, especially because of Pedro too, because he already knows the guy. And I, yeah, reading that article got me hyped up because I'm a Nicky Lopez guy. He only had one good year in his offensive career. And I think that was in 2021. If he gets somewhere close to that as a middle infielder, I don't necessarily care about his offensive production as long as it's not 73 like he put in the article as his uh, OPS plus for his career. That can't last because you're just not helping the team out as a whole. But if you get closer to what he was in 2021, and that's what I'm looking for from Yoan and, and 2022 from uh, Aloy, both of my shirt, um, you get a little bit better towards that goal where you're going for. And I think... Yes, that rah-rah, that try-hard stuff, kind of people roll their eyes at that. But that stuff adds up over 162. If you're always trying hard and doing the things that are right, put on quote-unquote, 
those things add up and it's a mindset and it's a type of way you're playing that people say, okay, I'm bought in. Now you have better players come in eventually like the Colston Montgomery's, the Brian Ramos of the world, understanding that, okay, that was a standard set by Nicky Lopez. Now I'm going to raise the level because I'm a better hitter and I'm trying to be a better fielder. Well, and two, you know, Herb, you say, oh, a, a, an OPS plus of 73, that can't last. It has lasted. I mean, teams... Teams value that type of skill set. Certainly managers do, but, uh, you know, I, I think teams in general do as well. And, you know, it, you don't need every single guy to be Barry Bonds up and down the lineup. And I think that, like I said, managers especially value the ability of somebody to be able to plug in and say, I know they're going to do exactly what they what I want them to do. I know that he's going to get that runner over to second base. I know that uh, he's going to take the extra base on a, on a you know on a on a base hit to the outfield, something like that. And so you say, oh, it can't last, it can't last. But there's a lot of guys in baseball, and Nicky Lopez is one of them, who don't necessarily put up big offensive numbers, but keep getting jobs. In this case, you know, a starting job. He's the starting second baseman right now um, because they are able to do some of those things. So, yeah, it doesn't jump out as if, if you're a fan or, or someone like me watching from the outside. Um, it doesn't jump out as an addition that's going to make this big offensive impact or, or really even help them to score runs just really at all. But I think at the end of the day, the people who are, uh, you know, managing the games or general managing the team would argue with you because they would say those little things that they did did help us win a game that 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 and and especially when you've got a team like the White Sox which I write, wrote about today very intent on changing the style of play completely to look more like the Diamondbacks did last year or like the Royals have in the past you know relying on speed and that kind of thing you know I think that they would argue that those types of players are very important and do contribute to to winning even if it isn't quite as obvious uh, to us by looking at a, a stat line I am very excited to make this claim a because he's a local product and also just because uh, Luis Arise sucks because he's a former twin uh, you look since 2021 Luis Arise 8.3 f4 Nicky Lopez 8.2 Nicky Lopez had one negative year when it comes to war but outside of that, he's been near one in that 2021 year. He was around 4.4, uh, which obviously helps his uh, category there. But 12th best second baseman since 2021? <laughs> it's all hustle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A little skewed, but yeah, I get it. I mean, the numbers are the numbers. They say what they say. That one year was he still did the defensive thing and he put some offense together, which was an amazing year. Do that here. But I was saying, like, if you can't be that low. Yes, he has a skill, and the defense will carry him because he still has a positive war uh, on his record even when he doesn't hit. But I'm saying, like, get closer to the average. You'll be much better for the team. I, I'm I know sure that he would like to. They yeah. would love it, but yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he didn't. You, there was no bunting talking there, but I was hearing. I, I heard what I heard. Led, the, the, led the league in sacrifice bunts in oh. twice, right, I believe? Mm -hmm. Two-time AL bunt leader. So yeah, I heard what I heard in that article. I was like, Ugh, come on, Nikki. Um, yikes. Uh, who is Dan Campbell? He's the coach of the, uh, the head coach he's of, the, uh, Detroit Lions. No, he's no, the no, soup no. guy. No, no, right. Sorry. Oh, in the, no, in the White Sox yeah, yeah. Uh, thing. Is Pedro Dan Campbell I mean, or he, is Nikki Lopez Dan Campbell? Who Pedro would be it because of the, you know, we're going to kick your ass he, at seven o'clock type of thing. And Dan Campbell saying he's going to be biting off kneecaps. So it's the same type of mentality. That's more graphic. Yeah. <laughs> same type of mentality. But Dan Campbell took the reins immediately and said, this is my team. We're going to do these things this way. While Pedro laid back and let the veterans do their thing and 
We saw what happened last year. Yeah, you need a Ben Johnson. You need a Brad Holmes. I don't know about that. I mean, the, the one thing, too, is just Dan Campbell and Pedro Grafold, they bring completely different energies. I don't know. Pedro's kind of... They both played in my... Timid. They, one played in the majors. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Dan Dan Campbell was a NFL player. He was. I, by no, I don't, he kept I don't, there, too. I, I don't know. I don't know if I buy the whole... I'm just saying, it's not apples I think it's to very easy one. to... No, I know. But I think it's very easy to just be like, look at this team having success. Maybe the White Sox can do that. It's just, you know, any rags to riches stories could apply to the White Sox. It could, but this is current. You see how in three it's years sport, it's though. turned into a... And it's a harder sport to do this in... I think baseball is a much easier sport to turn a team around within three years. Football is kind of hard because they need the quarterback and they didn't think they had the quarterback in Jared Goff. That man has played well. So they've done good drafting, good uh, analysis of who is good for their team. Like I shitted on the Jameer Gribbs thing and the 12th, uh, 12th pick overall. That man's been awesome this year for the Lions. But I say the mentality has to carry over the Hey, we're bought into Pedro. It seemed like I think we were talking last year. It was seven twenty one. People can be like, "This guy's got no skins on the wall. Why should I listen to him?" Et cetera, et cetera. And he didn't establish that he was going to be the bench boss for years to come. And people can be like, "F that dude. I don't need to talk to him or listen to him." And now it seems like Pedro is installed. He's going to be there for a decent amount of time. So if he sets the tone in February at spring training. People can follow him or not, and I think he does have a little bit more sway, and since his team is not as veteran-laden as it was last year, I think he can put some people on the bench if he needs to. We saw he was really hard on the rookies last year. Like, he would shit on Oscar Colas, but none of the veterans. Timmy never got a talking to. I mean, uh, Luis got a talking to, and you see what happened after that, the the instant uh, turnaround from that benching to what Luis turned into. I think that Pedro can set the tone just that same way as Dan Campbell has set the tone in Detroit. Gotta hope. Uh, all right, let's take a break. Uh, we'll let people know about our fantastic uh, partners uh, like Circus Sportsbooks and I believe uh, Midtown Athletic Club. I uh, want to let you know about our friends over at Circus Sportsbook. Dan Campbell is not in the Super Bowl because he lost. Uh, you can look at Circa Sportsbook uh, for their current lines on the big game. I'm also not sure if I should be saying I mean, that, that SB word. I think you could say it. I can't. They can't promote it. Oh, okay. Well, the big game uh, does have odds on Circus Sportsbook. Uh, you can bet either the Niners or the Chiefs. Niners are one and a half point favorites right now at Circus Sports, That's and uh, Chiefs are plus one and a half. Yeah, it opened at uh, two and a half, and Maybe. now it's been moving down. If you like uh, a team outright, uh, Chiefs at plus uh, 106 over at Circa, and the Niners to win at minus 124. And the reason why those lines are so attractive to you, the gambler, is because of their tight money line splits. Games will strive to be a minus 110 split on Circus Sports menu, unlike other sports books, which may use a minus 115 or minus 120 split. And also, Circa does not limit players based on their winnings. Every player has the same limits, unlike other books who do limit winning players. So if you have won before or you are a sharp better, uh, Circa welcomes your actions and they encourage betters to download and explore all sports betting apps available to compare lines from each sports books. And most of the time, if not all the time, you will see that Circa has the best line for you because they are the world's largest sports book. So download the Circa Sports Illinois app at circasports.com slash Illinois app. That's circasports.com slash Illinois app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, and tailgates. If you or somebody you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537, text GMB uh, to 833-234, visit areyoureallywinning.com. 
Head on over to midtown.com slash CHGO and follow along with me as I do this read because Midtown has four Chicagoland locations, Palatine in the northwest suburbs, Bannockburn in the North Shore, Willowbrook in the southwest suburbs, and Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel in the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln Park. The Palatine of Midtown has launched a multi-million dollar transformation of the club, which will be complete in early 2024 and for a couple days now. Midtown is offering no initiation fees this January. It's the 29th, so you got to get going. The 29th, 30th, and 31st, and then you're done. So they're offering this at their Bannockburn, Palatine, and Willowbrook locations. So get over there now because there's something for everyone. If you're a single person, married with children, people looking for lifestyle changes or holistic wellness. No one married with children? No one jumped in? Okay. Just like Al Bundy. Yes, there we go. No. Midtown, you, you don't know what Do that is. Do you know when Mary and children, uh, Mary with Children aired? I don't even know the what 80s. that is. I don't even know what that is. You know who wasn't born? 90s. Exactly. 90s. <laughs> 90s. <laughs> I mean, late 80s into the 90s. Midtown Chicago is the nicest fitness club that I've ever been to because of the super luxe, luxe locker rooms, wet and dry saunas, and premium amenities. Amazing outdoor and indoor pools and hot tubs, a collection of boutique fitness studios with more than 100 classes per week included in your membership. This isn't just gym quality. The spaces are boutique quality. Uh, spaces like the arena, Samadhi, Everybody Fights, Ride, The Field, and The Theater. But the best tennis courts and programming can be found at Midtown. It has indoor and outdoor tennis, pickleball, and paddle tennis. USTA professional quality all the way. Since you're already at Midtown.com slash CHGO, peruse the website so you can find out more and take a tour of the Midtown that is nearest you. The last episode of Mary with Children aired on May 5th, 1997, which was... So, so many 90s. The 90s. Yes. So much of the 90s oh, was nice. occupied by Mary with yeah, Children. Yeah, but it started in 87. Three years before I was born? Three years before you were born and a couple months before I was born. Oh. So, ha, 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 ha. We don't get your old references, old I mean, man. You guys, you guys are living in Chicago not knowing what Mary with Children are. I know what Married with Children is. Sad. I just don't get your reference. Mm. If you're going to... if you, He didn't even do a reference. He just said Married with Children. Oh. I wasn't listening. <laughs> it's not like he went deep into the script of uh, some random not, episode. Yeah, well, you not, were not asking go- if any of us are married with children. So I was like, no. No, none of you guys are. Mm. Uh, yeah, not going deep into the Bundy lore mm-hmm. of married with children. All right. Uh, let's get into the mailbag. Uh, our CHGO diehards send in questions. I bug them. And after they had a great discussion about Dylan Cease, uh, I was like, hey, you guys got any questions? And we got four questions sent in. If you do want to become a diehard, uh, you can level up your fandom today. Head over to allchgo.com. You get access to our Discord where you get to ch- chat with other diehards like you. You get a free shirt as well of your choice. You get uh, <laughs> stickers and I believe a membership that's from, card. That sounds from the 80s. We're not allowed to play it apparently. Oh, right. uh, <laughs> Uh, and uh, there's also diehard exclusive articles uh, on allchgo.com. I know the Blackhawks guys have, uh, I think, two different series going on for diehards. Uh, Vinny has his recent uh, mailbag of his own uh, up for diehards at allchgo.com. So make sure you sign up today. Uh, all right, Sarah, let's get into one of them. I- I- I'll let you pick, honestly. Uh, it's Hey, it's from AJ. Perfect. AJ literally joins the chat, and here here comes his Mailbag Monday. Uh, one thing you're most excited for this upcoming season, one thing you're dreading. AJ, it's baseball, kid. I'm looking forward to, I mean, at this point of the year, I'm always looking forward to just baseball in general. 
I don't know anything specific about the White Sox because I don't think Colson Montgomery is going to be coming up this year. Possibility. I mean, they're talking about him uh, very excitedly, so maybe he does come up. But I hope that he stays down in AAA and just dominates AAA for a whole year. And so the, the anticipation goes to 2025. thing I'm dreading is the full long-ass season. <laughs> Our last two years weren't great. Like watching those games as we're talking about fundamental games and errors and playing the right way, the White Sox in 2022 and 2023, not just were bad. They were just a poorly coached, poorly executing team. And so it was a horrible watch for three hours a day. I'm glad they instituted the pitch clock so we didn't have to watch as much of it as we had to do it the before the years before. So I'm not looking forward to poor baseball, even though it seems like before spring training that they're preaching fundamentals in defense, which would be a huge upgrade for this team. Herb taking a, the bold stance of looking forward to baseball season and dreading baseball season. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love looking forward it. to everything and dreading everything uh listen we all like baseball so i'm not quite sure how much there is to dread i think the thing that i would dread is something like a rain delay or something like that you know um in terms of of me you know i'm i don't care whether the team wins or loses but i think the thing that i'm looking forward to is the evolution of this story right i mean i remember back to the manny machado derby and I got a text, I think it was from my brother, that said, you know, who was who, like, hey, even down here in Kansas City, we hear about Manny Machado and the White Sox are involved or something like that. And he's like, what would be cool for you? Do you want him to come to the team? And uh, or, or what do you think? And I said, listen, if he came to the team, that would obviously be a very good player uh, that I get to watch on a daily basis. It would be, uh, it would make them better, obviously. But I said at the time, the better story is Rick Hahn's, um rebuilding project bearing fruit the way it was designed to or i guess in the order it was you know that you were expecting mm-hmm. um and so i wanted to keep following that story last year we got the conclusion of that story and the start of a new one with chris gets taking over and so regardless of whether the first year of chris get under chris Getz's watch in what seems to all of us to be rebuilding mode right whether that yields uh, you know, unexpected wins or expected uh, losing. I think the way that everything, the organization in general, continues to evolve is is something that I'm looking forward to. Just see where that story goes. Yeah, and talking about evolving, uh, one of the most exciting things is not really the action on the field, but who will be calling it. It will be interesting to see what John Schifrin brings. Schifrin. I shouldn't be allowed to say his name. Schifrin. Just call him John. John. Johnny S. <laughs> Uh, what Schriffen will bring to the broadcast booth. It'll be interesting to see how he adapts to calling Major League Baseball games. It'll be interesting to see how he adapts to this schedule. And we have never heard his voice in Chicago. We've been so used to Jason for the past seven years or so. Um, And obviously before that, so used to Hawks voice. So uh, seeing John get adapted to Steve Stone and the team, it will be, I think, the most interesting thing to watch because the stuff that's actually on the field isn't, massively interesting uh the thing that i think i'm dreading is the cease uh back and forth uh I, I, let's trade them 
let's, you know, I'm kind of sick of this storyline. Let's just be done with this, huh? You want some finality. I kind of want some finality. Uh, let's kind of move into this because Bob Nightingale had a, another uh, notebook, a Sunday notebook, where he included that the Seattle Mariners have quietly entered trade talks with the Chicago White Sox for Dylan Cease, with the White Sox seeking a paid uh, package centered around young starters Bryce Miller or Brian Wu. If the Mariners meet the White Sox steep asking price, they would have one of the most powerful starting rotations in baseball with Luis Castillo, Dylan Cease, Logan Gilbert, and George Kirby. If the White Sox can't complete a trade with the Mariners, they are expected to open the season with Cease. They could revisit trade talks with teams towards the July 30th trade deadline or wait to see if a team becomes desperate enough with a sudden injury. And just to follow this up a little bit later... Bob says that it's hard to believe the Baltimore Orioles, after winning 101 games, won't do anything more this winter than sign veteran closer Craig Kimbrell to a one-year $13 million contract to replace injured Felix Bautista. They need another frontline starter, starter, but talks with the White Sox for Dylan Cease have stopped. They currently have just a $73 million payroll. And to add to this, uh, just on Friday, John Heyman of the New York Post said the price for Cease is said by one GM, not Baltimore's, to be, quote, the sun and the moon. So I don't know what team has the sun or the moon. Uh, What do we think of this whole Dylan back and forth? Because now, for some reason, the Mariners lead the charge. It was the Orioles. It was the Yankees. And now the Mariners are here. Well, hey, we were talking, you know, with Sarah when she was putting the graphics together for the show about uh, Jerry Depoto over there in Seattle. And uh, you say for some reason, I don't think there ever needs to be a reason the Mariners would be involved in trade conversations other than the fact that Jerry Depoto's running the show over there. Um, but listen, also, Dylan Cease is really good. Like, you could see why a team that might see an opening in the AL West, even though the reigning World Series champion there uh, is there and the Houston Astros who never don't play for a trip to the World Series are there the Mariners might see uh, an opening and say hey if we can put together the rotation that uh, Bob just described there maybe they the Mariners are the team to beat all of a sudden out there out west Uh, so obviously you could see why they would be interested Uh, I think we had a question from J.O. or I don't know if it was J.O. or somebody else earlier saying you don't know why uh, the Mariners would jump in there and trade away pitchers when they have pitchers but Dylan Cease is a damn good pitcher and perhaps uh you know one of the better ones in baseball so uh I I think that it would make sense that the Mariners would be interested from the White Sox standpoint it's the same thing we've been saying for the last many months which is they're going to uh sit around and wait for somebody to offer them something that they think make meets their asking price um and these guys were both uh are, are both well thought of young pitchers and the answer to J.O.'s other question about why would you make that trade rather than just keep Cease you could have those guys on your team for a long time compared to Cease who might leave after uh, two seasons more so I think that um, it, it, it makes sense that the Mariners would be interested that being said it's going to be the same story that it's been all winter long, which is unless they cough up what you said there, Sean, perhaps reportedly the sun and the moon, uh, you're you're probably not getting Dylan Cease on your team, and the White Sox will be happy to sit around and wait for someone to get real desperate come the summer. I mean, like you said, Jerry DePoto, I think he's already made three trades this offseason, and that's what he does. He's a, he's a trader. And as J.O. has brought up, I'm scratching my head. I know Dylan Cease is a top of rotation pitcher. And in that ballpark, in that atmosphere, would even be better because that's a nice pitcher's ballpark. But when you got Brian Wu uh, pitching in his first year, I think he gave him like 90 innings last year with a good ERA. And then you got Bryce Miller who pitched like, a, I think, 130 innings last year. 
all controllable for the next six years to trade for Dylan Cease. For me, I'm not getting it, but I understand that people see Dylan Cease in a different light than I do. I think you can get the same type of value out of what those two pitchers give you than instead of trading them to, for Dylan Cease. And I think the White Sox get fewer people in return because those people are already major league established pitchers. And so you will probably get them as one of the pit people and then a couple minor leaguers that are not as highly ranked. Um, if you go in Baltimore, you're giving a little bit more. But, man, if the White Sox work with the Mariners and get one of those damn starting pitchers, Mari in. I'm, I'm in a hell of a percent. You get six years of a young, controllable arm. One's 23, the other one's 24. What's not to like about that? And they're, I think they're both, their rotation, I think I said it on the show before, is the best starting rotation in the game right now. And so I don't know why you would want to change that. Yeah, I don't really understand the Mariners, who seem to be a fairly budget-conscious team, would give up one starter, let alone, you know, one of these two starters that you could have for your own team uh, with well, control. Dylan sees his budget conscious for two Makes years. million, correct? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's fair. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, you just see two guys that come up with how young they were with, uh, you know, a, a really an advanced uh, assignment from going to double A to major league, both having better ERAs than anyone in the White Sox rotation. I don't know. I, I'd rather, you know, reset the clock. It's kind of the Justin Fields thing and Caleb Williams yeah. thing. I'd rather reset the clock. And if I can get Brian Wu or uh, Bryce Miller to reset that clock, that'd be great. Uh, how many trades did you think DePoto did? This I think year? at least three. The how many? Seven. <laughs> so if he makes another one, it's his eight. Uh, Jordan Schusterman of Cespedes uh, Family Barbecue uh, has tracked every Jerry DePoto Mariners trade in his career. Uh, if he makes another one, it will be 161 Jesus in Jerry DePoto's Christ. career. Uh, uh, career uh he's made a trade with the cardinals this year the rays the red sox the d-backs the braves the giants and the rays so like, the white sox would be his eighth team i wonder if he reached out to the white sox the white sox reached out to him knowing his reputation for trading people i mean i i don't know you always bring up the whole idea of you know who does this benefit for uh, you know, for, for this report to get out there, this benefits the White Sox. It does. Who, who does this benefit for the White Sox saying, hey, the Mariners are interested. I think this benefits the Sox because the, what we've been hearing for at least the past week or so has been, I think, everyone from Jesse Rogers to Bob Nightingale being like, we're pretty sure he's going to be a White Sox come opening day. We even had Pedro named Dylan Cease the opening day starter. I don't think that this is real. And I think if anything, this is just the White Sox trying to keep things circulating to keep interest afloat because it really doesn't seem like Baltimore is serious about acquiring Dylan Cease. No, and maybe this is like a counter move to get Baltimore more interested, but I'm sure uh, the Elias can see this move from a million miles away, and I I just don't see it. I don't see why Jerry DePoto would do this trade for those people. Now, if it's lesser people, yeah, I understand that. But no, you can trade one of those pitchers for a premium bat instead of a pre training, trading six years for two years. And is it going to be better? Is Dylan Cease going to be better what Brian Wu's going to give you? Is he going to be better than what Bryce Miller's going to give you? Question marks on both of those things. I say yes, but, you know, it's only two years. 
I would jump at the t- chance to get one of those two arms for six years. I just find it interesting that both of their names start with B-R-Y. That's a yes. good point. Uh, I find it odd, though, that right now I don't know where Bryce Miller and Brian Wu would rank in a prospect ranking because they obviously made it to the major leagues and played for long enough to you know establish themselves as major leaguers. But we hear reports that the Yankees weren't willing to give up Jason Dominguez, and it didn't seem like they were willing to give up Spencer Jones, both of those guys' top 100 prospects. Uh, with the Orioles, it seems like they weren't interested in giving up any of their top 50 prospects, and I think they have four or five of them. They also have Joey Ortiz at 60. Um, it feels weird that it, I don't know, Bryce Miller and Brian Wu seem like more or heavier chips than yes. Dominguez, Jones, uh, Mayo, etc. I, I find it odd that the Mariners would want to go to this level, and that's why I really don't believe that the Mariners are pursuing this. I think Miller was a top 100 prospect last year before the year started, and I think pitching in the major leagues and pitching with some success for Bryce Miller and Brian Wu it is, to me, a little bit more valuable than a top 100 prospect because you already know that they've played even for one year in the major leagues and have adapted to that style of play. So yeah, I'm, that's why I'm like puzzled and shaking my head. like, that doesn't make sense for Seattle in the slightest. Baseball America had Bryce Miller at a hundred. Brian Wu, uh, I don't think was really established enough to be on one of those rankings. Um, but obviously was impressive enough. Hey, I mean, if I had a 23 year old with a four year a in his first year in major league baseball, I wouldn't be scoffing. He could be, I mean, he could be a top 100 prospect or not. Uh, anyways, any final thoughts on the Mariners in Cease, or you want to wrap it up and go into more diehard questions? It's a way we can get Sebi back. Good backup catcher there. Thank you for that, Herb. That's exactly what we needed. <laughs> good, Vinny? I'm good. All right. Ray is ready to sing and let people know about our friends over at Empire today. 588-2300-EMPIRE. With Empire Today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, and quick and professional installation to go along with that low price guarantee. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring, so of course they have copycats, but Empire can't be beaten on quality, service, or speed, so competitors advertise low-quality products that Empire simply won't carry. Empire won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does that is putting flooring in your home that they wouldn't put in theirs. The virtual floor designer, guys, you got to go check it out. It's a great way to see how new floors will look in any space. It's easy. Just snap a picture and instantly see how new floors will look in your room. Empire's philosophy is to help you find what you need, not to overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes. What they leave out of their selection is as important as what they put in. Empire's product team exhaustively comes through thousands of product samples each year to find the perfect styles. Now, Shopping for floors at a big box store. It can be frustrating. You might talk to someone today who was working in plumbing yesterday. What? Flooring, though, is all Empire Today does. They live, they breathe, they eat flooring. So you can be confident that you're getting honest upfront advice. Guys, here's your call to action. Schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use the promo code CHGO. Some restrictions do apply, so go ahead and go to empiretoday.com slash CHGO for all of 
of the relevant details. Thank you, Vinny. And if you're in the market for a new vehicle, uh, we have some great news for you. Our partner at Ray, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram in Fox Lake is starting their Ray resolution with the Start Something New sales event. And do you know what that means? You'll be able to shop incredible savings on every new vehicle in stock because they want to clear the lot to make room for brand new 2024 vehicles. For a limited time, get up to $9,000 off new Jeep models with dealer discount. And that's not all. Shop their last call on remaining 2023 Dodge Challenger and Charger models, including Hellcats, Scat Packs, and more. Dodge is the most powerful muscle car brand, so you don't want to miss out on their last call with over 20 Dodge muscle cars to choose from. At Ray, CDJR, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and drive home with more money in your pocket than you'd expect thanks to the Ray's price promise. And you'll expect more money because everybody loves the word free. Uh, Fans can get a free oil change when you mention CHGO at the service center or mention CHGO when you book online at raycdjr.com slash service. That's raycdjr.com slash service, but you have to schedule before January 31st. If you're in the market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram because they're the only team we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. For more information, visit raycdjr in Fox Lake or raycdjr.com, serving the community since 1963. All right, Let's go back to the diehards and let's go to Ian's question. And our friend from across the pond says, right field is the obvious area of need. What do you think will happen? A trade, Gavin, or a free agent to fill the spot? What do we think? I think it's probably still most likely that it'd be a free agent, but I'm curious as to why, if that's the case, they haven't gone that route yet. Um, I think a trade makes sense if 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 they've got their eye on somebody that they're maybe trying to get in some sort of a low-stakes trade, or even if it's somebody that would be another piece in in a bigger deal, like a Dylan Cease trade or something like that. Um, I don't think it's going to be Gavin Sheets by opening day. I I think that they're too intent on improving that uh, position from a defensive standpoint. Um, I think think a free agent signing like we saw last year with Elvis Andrews the day that position players reported to camp or something that we've seen in years past where uh, you know guys have uh, been signed once spring training is already underway there's going to be a lot of guys signed once spring training is already over underway across baseball as you see the list of free agents is still just pretty ridiculous so uh, I think that you're going to see a an addition come even if it doesn't come till after the White Sox get down to uh, Arizona. There's like 16 days until the White Sox pitchers and catchers report and then like five days after that, the full squad reports. So it's coming down to it. And there's not a lot of people that fit the right fielder and good defensive right fielder type of metrics. Like you can have Travis Jankowski. He had a good offensive year last year, but he's not an offensive guy, especially not with the power. Um, I think Adam Duvall's still out there, even though he's talking to teams and it looked like he was about to sign with the team a couple weeks ago, but he's still out there. That would be the guy that I would maybe target. And now you still have Tommy Pham on the, on the market. There's a lot of eh, players out there available at the end of this. I agree with you, Vinny. They can't look at their philosophy of defense first and then throw Gavin sheets out there in right field on opening day. That would look to me as going against exactly what you preached about. And they might like Gavin. He might have the best offseason of his his career and came in in the best shape of his life. That does not work for the White Sox in 2024. So they have to go out and get one of these right fielders who are on the free agent market because they have no one in-house really that fits their mold either. So 
if they want to be true to what their word is, they have to go and get a free agent. But time is running out. And I think also it's probably more advantageous on the free agents uh, side, knowing that the White Sox need a right fielder. So they're probably trying to get every single dime that they can off yeah. of the White Sox. Chris Getz was clamoring on the score this weekend that uh, free agency isn't over yet, um, even though uh, I think now today we saw Aaron Hicks yes, go to Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, so Aaron Hicks is off the market. Michael A. Taylor, anyone? Whit Merrifield, anyone? That would work. I mean, that would be jibe with their defense first philosophy. But Adam Duvall. Great. great. Awesome. That would be perfect if they got Adam Duvall. But there's a lot of people out there for his services. It's absolutely going to be Brett Taylor. I hate that you're going to be right. Or Brett Phillips. Brad Phillips. Taylor? <laughs> Brett, uh, Brett Taylor. Is I that the guy, from, guy is from? Is that one of the kids from Home Improvement? That's a guy. <laughs> Am I wrong? Do you know? Do you, do you know that reference? He's the blonde one, right? Oh Brad, right? Yeah, yeah. Brad. Yeah. Brad Taylor. That's the the that's old, the, the eldest Taylor brother from uh, Home Improvement. Still born. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I th- I think free agency is likely. I just have no idea who. It's and not, also, why are you waiting? Uh, I don't know if they're waiting. They're just probably. Like the market has moved slow, and so they're probably not at the priority or the top of the list for these free agents to go to. And it's like, okay, all right, I'll get a, go to the White Sox and downshift from my expectations, and they'll pay me more than I thought. Like Tommy Pham is, he could probably go to some other team and for a lesser pay and not play as much. If in the White Sox, I don't think he's playing every game that he can be available for. I don't know if people's priority or is to get a lot of money or play for a championship. If you're, especially if you're a veteran on a free agent contract, like Adam Duvall is not probably looking to play for the White Sox because he's like up there in age and wants, probably wants another championship shot. But playing for the White Sox will be better than playing for no one. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and a lot more money, probably. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm just waiting for the day that... They've barely spent any money. I'm sure they, they're they they're just holding it for that right pl- person. I think they've spent uh, under $15 million on Fetty and Brebbia. And other than that, it's just, you know, nickel and dime left and right. Uh, all right, let's go to the next question. And I believe that's from... Well, let's not do Jared's because Jared's is a little bit um, intense. Uh, NATO says, aside from Colson Montgomery, who are you looking forward to watching at spring training? I'm actually the um, one of the people in the chat talked about Oscar Colas as a possibility of right field. I'm looking forward to seeing him, seeing what he did this offseason, working with Luis Robert, working with the White Sox to get him to be a better player, more heads up player, more baseball IQ player, and see if he has learned his lessons from last year. And because the, the talent's there, we all were clamoring for the talent this time last year. That didn't go away. Just he was a knucklehead. And they didn't really like what he brought to the table last year. Now, has he learned anything in his double demotions and his not going to winter ball last year and working out with the uh, MVP candidate, uh, Luis Robert, did that work a rub off on him? That'll be great to see if he is a different man, a different mindset coming into this uh, camp. I'd go ahead and give two different kinds of answers, I think, for the long term. Uh, it's interest- it'd be, It's going to be interesting to me to see what – what uh, of those young pitchers stand out who that was at that double A and then bled into triple A level? Who's going to be, you know, establishing themselves as long term options for this team? Guys like Nick Nestrini, guys like Jake Eater, guys uh, like, you know, Kai Bush, basically all these guys that got in those trades, um, plus a couple guys they already had in the house. But uh, I, I think, you know, for the long term prop, prop, 
prospects of this team. It's about those pitching prospects. Uh, and then in the immediate, Yoan Moncada. Um, is he the guy who he showed at the end of last year? Is he going to be healthy enough to be that guy on a regular basis for this team this year? Obviously, we're going to get to see that not just in February and March, but throughout the entire season. Uh, but I think it starts now. I mean, listen, that's where that back injury started last year was before the season back in spring training. Uh, is he going to be able to make it through spring training healthy? And if so, is having health going to allow him to produce the way that he and so many others have thought him capable of doing uh, for so long? Uh, kind of along those same lines, I gave uh, a couple more names. I had Oscar Colas on my list. I had Nick Nostrini on my list. Uh, interested to see what Jordan Leisure can do because uh, I think his stuff from what you've seen so far from what AAA StatCast says, his stuff is major league ready. So I wonder if he's advanced enough and, you know, dominant enough if he could actually make the team. Uh, maybe that'd be a little bit too advanced. But again, relievers are kind of, you know, you either work or you don't. I mean, we just saw Gregory Santos come up and just start throwing 97 and no one can hit him. Uh, along with that, I had Alex Spees uh, was picked up as the Rangers DFA'd Matt Moore for their postseason roster. And that was Brian Bannister's first pitching pickup. And Alex Spees is now the 11th ranked prospect in the White Sox organization, according to Fangraphs. Uh, so we'll really see what that stuff looks like. He is more of a relief pitcher. This isn't going to be a guy that gives you starting pitching innings, uh, but his stuff looks absolutely nasty. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what Spees can do. And then, of course, uh, it wouldn't be a pitching list if Michael Kopech's name wasn't on there. I mean, what what can he do? Is, is the Brian Bannister connection real? Have they really worked out all the kinks? Can he throw strikes? It's like, we're going to find out. Watch. Yeah. We're going to find out. I mean, it's going to be, uh, you know, biting my nails watching Michael Kopech pick, pitch in spring training. And relatively healthy. No real off-season right. surgeries. Well, just and with the exception the of, of the, the surgery that yeah. ended his season. Yeah. But yeah. But that was not really. off-season, right? That was still was September. Still in, the season was still going on when the surgery happened. Yes, that was correct. Yeah, uh, you got me there. Better. <laughs> final one uh, was Brian Ramos, because I think he's kind of getting in, lost in the mix here. You know, Edgar Caro is the catcher, and, you know, that's such an important position. Colson Montgomery's the guy. You also have Noah Schultz now, who's a top 50 prospect. Brian Ramos is third. What is Brian Ramos? Is Brian Ramos going to be a part of this team in 2025, 2026? Uh, can he really take that next level jump? Because he is one of the guys that they slate as guys that are a little bit above average when it comes to future value. Um, so he can he truly be a starter for the White Sox? It's going to be fascinating to see uh, what he does. But you bring up Colos. Uh, that'd be great to see Colos kind of bounce back as well, too. All right. Final question. And it is from Jared. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The very, very, very. Very scary one. I don't see see this as intense, but go ahead. No, that's because you can read properly. Ah. I, I can't. Uh, the White Sox have $41.5 million freeing up from Yoan and Aloy next season. Presuming they don't pick those options up. Right. Yeah. Uh, assuming Colson develops and ends up at third base or at shortstop, I guess, who are the free agents this year and in 2025? They should target knowing they have holes like at DH, second base, right field and shortstop at a minimum to fill to be competitive in 2026. And Jared also uh, can just because he really wasn't concise enough uh, or should they wait until this year to pursue uh, free agents to determine how much of a rebuild this is. Doesn't make sense to me, but this came up in our chat. It appears they will be developing the rotation with the rebounding and developing pitching prospects. So uh, what is the 
direction in free agency? Is there any way that they can kind of fill out this team for 2024 still with free agency as it sits? Or are you looking more towards 2025? I mean, it's very much a question about the long term. And I don't see a long term free agent signing happening by the between now and opening day. Um, it's not to say that it couldn't have happened at some point this offseason, but here we are, and they haven't made one yet. And a lot of the guys who would figure to be those big ticket long term items have been snatched up by other teams. There are a few still out there, but I don't know if they necessarily fit in with the White Sox plan. I think the addendum that you just read there, Sean, is it, it, there's some truth to that. I, I I do think that it's very much based. They might not know in particular positions and team-wide, where they're going to sit a year from now or maybe a little less than a year from now as we talk about the opening of next offseason. Um, so I do think that there's a lot of learning still left to do. I think that things maybe haven't materialized the way they have wanted uh, in terms of a target that that they would have wanted that comes into their lap. I think you've seen a massive reduction in salary that probably speaks to uh, partially why they might not have been in that market this offseason, even though maybe the state of the team speaks to it a little bit more than that. And I think that you've also got, you know, things that could still happen with, with Cease, right? I mean, if Cease is traded in, even in July, and a piece comes back that becomes the cornerstone at one of those positions that you're talking about, that changes the calculus in terms of who they would need to go out and sign uh, next offseason. So I think... This offseason, I, I don't think they're done, period. I think there are some small moves left to make, probably, but I don't think they're going to be going after a big long-term type piece. Next year, though, they could. And I think that, you know, a year of quote-unquote saving money with the, lower, with the lower payroll could maybe have an impact on that. And maybe they see some of the things that they're planning on doing take off in a positive direction, whether that's the development of some prospects down there or the development of this kind of identity team-wide that, that Chris and Pedro are looking at as well. Remember, this is an organization-wide kind of makeover that, that Getz is embarking on. So um, I know Sean has a list of guys for next offseason, but I think if you're thinking – is it going to be this offseason or next offseason in which a long-term signing would be more likely to occur? I would definitely point to next offseason. Couldn't agree more. I think also it's like we got to remember that development's not linear. I think uh, Rick used to always say that. And so while the Brian Ramos and the Colston Montgomery's are slated to be here 2024-2025, they have to wait. The White Sox have to wait to see if those guys are actually ready to hit the major leagues. And so also this year will tell a lot about where Chris gets is going to be going next. Like if you have just a bottom out year and these two guys on my shirt continue to be hurt and or underperform, they're pro pretty much gone and they'll clear up that money that you were talking about there, uh, Jared. But also does that mean that they're also going to put that money that they're saving from these guys being gone into a free agent? I see like they probably would want Colson Montgomery to take over for Paul DeYoung and the same thing with Brian Ramos take over for Yohan Moncada. That would be perfect in their mind because it'd be inexpensive and they would uh, have some development in their farm system showing that they're bearing fruit there. But then like, what are they going to do with right field? They still, you know, this year at minimum, they're going to sign a guy for one year with maybe a possibility of a club year after that, but they're going to have to look for another right fielder next year. 
I don't know how well Nicky Lopez is going to do this year. Might have to look for another second baseman next year. All the catchers are pretty much old. I know that Edgar Carroll's back in the minor leagues and slated to come up every, I mean, like a couple years from now. But maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's, you know, Zach Collins. We were looking for him for a couple of years. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He didn't work out. So I think the White Sox should do whatever they need to do next year to sign players uh, and be dogged about it and not say, hey, that spot is reserved for X prospect. That spot is reserved for Y prospect. Those are good problems to have if you do have like a prospect on the way, and then you have a player that just does well. Like that two-catcher situation we had, even though they're not prospects, when you had James McCann doing well at the plate and Yasmani Grandal doing well at the plate. So those type of problems, I think the White Sox should go into more um, thinking about it next year and not have these one-year deals just so you have availability for your young player coming up eventually. You need to sign some players, and if it needs to be at the position that Colson Montgomery is at, hey, he can move to second. He can move to third. Like, don't limit yourself to the moves that are around Colson Montgomery. Maybe he doesn't work out. You got to sign a team. You got to have a full team out there, and if Colson can move somewhere else, which it looks like possibly he will in his major league career, do the move. Why don't we flash the 2025 uh, MLB free agents graphic that I do have? Because there there are some out there. Hey, Juan Soto's out there. Alex Bregman or Jose Altuve, if you want to get astroic no, no, with it. No. Uh, Sung uh, Kim uh, is going to be out there. Uh, Pete Alonso, Paul Goldschmidt, mm-hmm. Willie Adamas, Maybe. Gleyber Torres, or Anthony Santander. Uh, I'd be pumped with Willie Adamas. I oh. don't think the Brewers would pay him, and he did kind of have a down year when it came to the bat, but he's only 28, um, and he's been a burgeoning defender. He's been better and better and better, uh, and his barrel rate was still about 80th percentile. So I think that you know, just him bouncing back one more year next year uh, in a contract year will likely see some of that power return for Willie Adamas. So like, there's some guys out there for sure, but it's just, you know, will they spend? Right? I mean, it's it's the same question as always. I Those mean, will it, will it be $75 million on Andrew Benatendi, or will they actually go out and, and spend? It'd be great to have Juan Soto in Chicago, but I doubt that's going to happen. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, Hassan Kim, great. I mean, he fits into the profile. He's a defense uh, first person that can hit a little bit as a middle infielder. who's was the best shortstop in San Diego a couple of years ago. He had just moved over to second base and made Jake... Cronenworth moved to first. Whatever he does, he does it well defensively. And so that would be a perfect signing because it wouldn't break the bank for the White Sox. And also uh, it would be a defense first guy that they need on their team. And 
depending on how Nicky Lopez does this year, you would have to go and get another second baseman because I don't know if Popeye Rodriguez is coming up and doing anything or um, what's your man Sosa is going to do anything at second base. It seems like they've already moved on from those guys. Yeah, I mean, they'd have to get somebody, but it's a lot easier to get somebody for second base than it is shortstop. Oh, yeah. I think Jared makes a good point here, too. Like, the whole, they're not, they aren't going to, they can't, like physically go out and fill all of these holes in one offseason and they're staring down a situation next year where they're going to even have more holes particular well maybe in general than they did going into this offseason i mean it's possible you would certainly think that colson montgomery would come up and, and plug one of those but you're talking about uh the left side of your infield being done at the end or being gone at the end of this year potentially in this scenario you've pitched where Moncada and uh, uh, Jimenez are both gone. Uh, you'd need a DH, you'd need a right fielder, um, and you'd need a catcher, perhaps, depending on where Edgar Caro is. So, um, and not to, and that's without even mentioning what's going on on the pitching side. There you go. So, uh, I mean, yeah, this year is going to be about learning what they got, but you know that they're not going to have all of it come the end of the season. Um, so, yeah, there, there's going to be an opportunity to go out and uh, plug those holes with, with – uh, name players with guys that can work as part of a long-term plan, but you got to see where this team is as a team uh, at the end of this season too, and how they are set up for the future. Um, because as we've mentioned, we haven't seen a lot, if any uh, moves made this off season to really contribute to the long-term uh, growth of the team. And you bring up the pitching staff. There are some pitching free agents as well. I didn't include There's a them. lot of really good ones out uh, there. Yeah, Corbin <laughs> Burns is out there. He's mm. pretty decent. Uh, you have Max Freed. He's pretty decent. Justin Verlander or Max Scherzer, if they're still pitching. Walker Bueller uh, is out there as well. Shane Bieber is out there. And uh, who's Zach Wheeler? Has Zach Wheeler ever been a guy? Yeah. His wife doesn't like the city. Oh, he doesn't like... Oh, okay. So maybe well, we shouldn't include him. I don't well, think like she ever button. said she didn't like it. It's probably, we just didn't know that like she it. likes another one more. Much yeah. more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, let's go into one thing that was a little off the cuff. We got through all of the mailbag questions. We got about five minutes left. Uh, there was an article that was just recently published by Crane's Chicago Business that is very important to White Sox fans. From Greg Hins. Baseball Commission gives thumbs up to Game Changer Sox Stadium plan. The head of Major League Baseball says he's all in for a White Sox proposal to build a new stadium on the 78 property on the southwest edge of the South Loop, and he believes it can be financed with no new taxes. An exclusive interview from MLB headquarters just outside New York City, Commissioner Rob Manfred told Cranes he's been extensively briefed by Sox owner Jerry Reinsdorf on the proposed development and likes what he's heard. Quote, Jerry is a very bullish on the location, Manfred said. That would be a great deal for the city of Chicago and for the White Sox. Manfred said what's particularly solid about the proposal is the proximity to downtown. It would bring a team that now plays several miles to the south in neighborhood that pretty much shuts down after dark quote baseball has always worked to uh, has always worked well close to downtown uh, which offers not only other entertainment offers uh, options but good transit and highway access uh, Manfred said that he's supportive a new facility could be a game changer for the White Sox I believe that's the it on the quotes for uh, Manfred um, I'll continue to read to see uh, if there's anything else but 
No new taxes. I'll take that. Well, sure. Uh, listen, it's not not a surprise that uh, Rob Manfred would be in favor of something that would be uh, good business for uh, the White Sox and Major League Baseball, as it is his job to make sure that there's good business for the Major League Baseball and all of its teams. Um, though I'm not quite sure Rob Manfred's ever been to downtown Chicago, uh, as the Loop is the neighborhood that shuts down after dark, uh, not everywhere else in the city but uh that's all right that can be uh that can be excused a little bit but uh no i mean like i said it's no surprise to hear that he would be in favor of that what i think is interesting and granted we're gonna wait to see where the ride goes but uh a lot of a lot of smoke around this idea i think we talked at the uh when we first heard about it when it was first reported by the sun times you know saying hey Let's pump the brakes and wait to see what actually comes of this because how many times do these conversations get started and go off in different directions? Uh, this, these conversations uh, about this ball, ball, ballpark idea keep happening, and uh, that might point to it um, one day being a lot more realistic than it is right now. We'll see. As always, a skeptic. I hear no new taxes that just, to me, it just sounds like you're just moving the taxes you have now to build the, the ballpark at can, guaranteed rate to what the new ballpark would be. Can I add on? Yes. Manfred said he's not familiar with all the details of the proposed new facility, such as what sort of architectural era it might evoke, but Reinsdorf says it assured him that it would require no new taxes. That appears to be a reference to what sources close to Reinsdorf said can involve shifting revenues from an existing 2% tax on Chicago hotel rooms to the new facility. Those tax revenues are... Uh, now are directed to paying debt for the construction of the Sox current home guaranteed rate field, but all bonds will be retired by later this decade. So it's, it's some hotel room tax. I get it, but I, I always know like there's going to be some cost overrun and that cost overrun is going to come to us citizens here in the state of Illinois and the city of Chicago. So I would love this thing and I'll be a hundred percent for it. If it's just, we're paying for us. This TIF thing is paying for the land. We're going to be paying for the stadium. You guys chip in for some of that infrastructure. We're all good. Cool. Break. Now, I saw something about in that article that uh, maybe they're going to be using some of that landscape around that area as incorporated into that ballpark. That would be pimp because that area around there and the Ping Tom, just a beautiful a picturesque place for the White Sox to play or for anybody to play. I don't know why it took this long for anybody to think about playing there and to have a, a facility there. But man, I'm just excited about talking about them having a new stadium somewhere new. We can go and congregate, maybe do our water taxi thing like the bum said and uh, do some tailgating out there. Go out in that swampy ass water in Chicago river. The volunteer Navy. <laughs> Rolling right on up to, they can. Is there is there a connected waterway down from the the Cumberland River that can get them yeah. all the way up to the South Branch? Maybe, I don't know. Going through the canals and whatnot. Got away from the what? Uh, get away from those Asian carp too. <laughs> Jumping they up bite. on the boat. Yeah. They Are they still around? Oh yeah, dude. Invasive species. Can't get rid of that stuff. I thought the whole point is that we're supposed to get rid of them. Well, you could try. If they're invasive, they're invasive, okay. man. I, I don't know what you read. And there was nothing about the... Oh, maybe not that article, but there oh. was uh, some, you know, maybe a blog post somewhere that, uh, you know how they have those bridges out there uh, in that area? I don't know, I've taken a couple pictures in the Ping Tom uh, Park, but if they can incorporate that, if they're old, not used bridges, it's just so beautiful. And if that was part of the ballpark, you know, use some of the, uh, uh, the current area to enhance the ballpark, kind of make it its own, make it unique with, uh, uh, I mean... 
they have a train track right there. If they don't incorporate some type of train uh, thing, they're, they're lost already. I guess. We'll see. Uh, Remember, my train that goes really fast, 20 miles an hour around the ballpark every time it hits a home run <laughs> instead of that two miles an hour in Houston. Yeah, I don't know if they'll do that. You know, I mean, there's like physics that they have taken to account. Just reroute the red line and have it only only allow the train to go in there when the home run is hit, though. So it just have, speeds right through right after the home run ball goes. I mean, up. there's probably one red line train that's just like broken down or, you know, just not as. There's a lot. I, oh, right. There's not as, as one that's as trustworthy. There's probably one in the graveyard that they could dig out and just have one like in storage oh, oh, ready to go through 20 miles per hour. Dugouts with their uh, old uh, red line cars. Oh, make them out of that? Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. The green and the green and cream. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just like you open the door, boom, you're in. That's a good idea. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Eckerwall 23s or CHGO White Sox Community Leader. That's Vinny Duber, the birthday boy. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And you can read his work at allchgo.com. Read his latest piece about Nikki Lopez up on the site. Become a diehard today. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Hit the like button. Thank you to Sarah for producing the show. Thank you to Michael, White Sox, Tom, Jimbo, etc. for hanging out with us. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. We all silly like the mayor.